Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Welcome back to season three of the Real Estate Rundown. I wanted to start this year off with the right kind of mindset of the right kind of people. And that's really why I brought on the next guest, because the next guest has really kind of made his way through life, not necessarily winding up, wanting to wind up in real estate, but has really made a splash with over $300 million in personal or in real estate transactions. This guy, this guy's got a lot he can teach all of us. And how his journey came about is really what I want you guys to clue in on. So help me welcome to the show, Neil Timmons. Neil, how are you, man? Shannon, good. I'm I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much. So, Neil, you started out as a banker, which yeah. up until everybody started raising rates, we loved you bank bankers, right? That's right. Rates are coming up. We don't like you so much. But tell us a little bit about your journey, how you went from being a banker to being involved in commercial real estate, where you're at in your journey and, and what's ahead for you. Yeah. No, great. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Back in 2002, I started as a as a banker with with Wells Fargo here in here in Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, was there a couple of years, worked my way through that from a traditional banking standpoint. So I did a lot of checking accounts, savings accounts, second mortgages is really where my my little niche was in that world. So very consumer focused, not not so much uh, our world today focused, right? On, on the business side of things, very consumer driven um, and, and learned a lot about what was going uh, about that and largely about individual consumers. I had never seen, you know, at the time I, I just graduated college and for, I was one of the you know, I played played football in college, had always had jobs through college. And so I graduated without any debt. I had some money, a couple, couple of dollars in my pocket. And, and it wasn't until I got into banking that I realized so many people have so many tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt. And I yeah. learned it by seeing these people. I'm going, oh, that's never, I'm not signing up for that. Well, and you know, that's that's funny because, you know, we're back in that cycle, right? I mean, correct. You, when did you get out of banking? 2004. And that's, that was my first entry point to real estate. So, so you were in there when credit was easy. Yeah. If you could get, you know, if you could fog a mirror, you were getting a loan and people were doing that. And you saw how just because you could borrow money, whether it was on a credit card or on your mm -hmm. house or other asset, didn't mean you knew anything about debt or real estate or investing or any of the things that we think is synonymous with oh, you own your home, you must be a really smart investor, right? Correct, yeah. So so as you began to make your transition out of banking into commercial real estate, I mean, what drove that? Yeah, so, you know, out, out of banking and then into, into real estate. So 
I'll give you the high level and then we'll go back. I'll let you drill down. So I, I transitioned into being a residential realtor, did that for lots of years, and then eventually finding my way into single family investments and then find my way about four years ago into commercial real estate. And, uh, and uh, you know, knowing what I now know, I should have been here 20 years ago, right? We should have done this a lot sooner, a lot, a lot faster. You know, I, I, what transitioned me, you know, I'll give you all those iterations if you like. What transitioned me out of uh, being a banker into into real estate? I was going, uh, I, you know, uh, uh, the theme of my life has been at, always at some point making a decision to go, uh, what I'm doing now won't get me to where I want to go. Right. And the requirement for that to change is I must change. You know, and, and as simple as that sounds, Neil, it's amazing to me how few people look past Friday. Right. Yeah. They, they don't look at that and they don't they they look at that from the standpoint that says my boss says I can't. My spouse says I can't. Therefore, my limits are right there. Right. right. Yeah. When the reality is you can do whatever you'd like, but it's going to take something different. Like you said, if I don't change, nothing's going to change. Correct. So I want more than what I currently have. So I've got to figure out what that change needs to be to go get more. That's right. right. And it's mind-boggling how many people get stuck in that loop and never see that there's multiple exits to that. That and you know, I I learned early on, probably just before I got that that role at, at Wells Fargo. You know, somewhere between college and getting a real job, you learn like, all right, well, it's not it's not really that easy. It took me a while to to land that first job. Is um, you know, I'm the common denominator. Everything that happens in my life, I'm the common denominator, right? So right. if you don't like what you're doing, it's you. Right. But it's amazing, you know, whether it's we don't want accountability or we just sure. don't see that far, how many people do that. So when you got into residential real estate and, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm fourth generation realtor. Yeah. Uh, so I've been there, done that too. Yeah. Um, you know, you really go from, so you were trading time for somebody else's dollars and completely, mm -hmm. you know, you were just literally showing up, punching a clock. You didn't do any advertising no, no, really anything. You just waited for the business to walk in the Wells Fargo door. Yep. Now you're out, you got your own shingle. You know, you went to real estate school, you learned all the things you learned in your two week class, you got your license. That's then right. you realized that none of that stuff was ever going to be used again in your real estate life. That's right. And you were immediately successful and everything was roses. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's, it's funny is, uh, my first, my first year, uh, I've got a kind of got an interesting other, other, the other, the other side of the coin, if you will, is my first year I sold 32 houses. I'm rounding wow. 32 houses was rookie of the year. Second I, year, I sold 79, third year, I sold hundred and something fourth year, fourth and a half year. I was the number one Remax agent in Iowa when I was 29 years old. Um, uh, maybe somewhere, maybe that was year five. I owned a Remax. Um, yeah. When you're posting those kind of numbers, you're four and a half, you're five. I mean, it could kind of blend together. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what happens? So, uh, all that looked good. And, you know, fast forward another year or two into it and I'm coming home. I've got three little kids. I, I'm, I'm doing 68 hours a week. I'm working every day of every week. My second year in real estate, I work 355 days of the year. What did you I, need 10 days off for? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So I, you know, I get six ish years in somewhere in that range. I've got three little kids at this point, uh, all in the age of, of four. Uh, and I'm, I've come home at this point in the evening and my wife's got all the kids packed up in the car and she says she's leaving for good. 
Yep. And everything I thought I was doing this all for, right? All the stories I would tell myself, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm the man I'm, I'm delivering this. And for me, it wasn't largely about, you know, stuff for the big house. I'm not, I'm particularly flashy. It is. It's just like, I'm, I'm the creator. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the man who's doing this for his family, for, for everything. I think I I'm, this is the story I'm telling myself. Right. And all they ever wanted wasn't a single thing. All they ever wanted was time, time with me. And so again, I was at another one of those moments in my life to go, well, if I don't change, nothing will change. I beg, I pleaded with her and I said, I will make a change. She uh, agreed to give me a little slack, not much. 45 days later, I sold my Remax. Yeah. You know, I, I heard, uh, I, I was at an event this last weekend with uh, Ken McElroy and mm -hmm. he talked about raising kids and half the time or half the money and twice the time. Doesn't matter what you think it is half the money and twice the time, yep. you know, and it's so funny, you know, uh, that we as, as entrepreneurs, uh, cause it's not just a man thing versus a woman thing. It's as entrepreneurs, correct. We get in our mind that Everest is there. We have to go to the top. We can't right. stop base camp. We correct. can't do this. We can't, we can't be content with 50 houses a year. No, 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 no. We've got to sell all 80 that right. they called. I got to go. Right. You know, and and we we turn ourselves into these machines. So you went from trading your time for corporate dollars, mm -hmm. which were very little. Yep. You got a lot of the shiny stuff. Now you're trading all your time yep. for a lot more dollars, which is just enough. That's just the way the devil likes it, right? Yep. Just just right down the road of what you need. And <clears throat> you've got a crisis. That sounds like a big crisis. Correct. Yeah. A real life, um, real life one that, you know, dollars, dollars don't fix, right? What, what is the, uh, Jim Rohn, maybe the one who says it, right. Uh, if, if you can write a check for it, it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know what, this, I don't this know isn't, it, but they're pretty smart. That's, this, that's very true. Uh, I had a real issue, a real, I'm in a real problem. The problem ultimately was, you know, the path I was on and right. it wasn't, you, know, you don't write a check to solve this one. Oh. Something's got to change. Right. Oh. So, so now you're, you're, you're out of the real estate business. Yep. You sold your business Yep. and life was happy ever after you had more money than you know what to do with life was good. Dude, it took a, it took a handful of months off. I was absolutely, uh, I mean, I don't know what clinical depression actually looks like, but if I, I'm going to guess I was awfully close to it. It's just completely just totally down, you know, and, and that's largely because what, how I identified myself was dead, right? I, did, I identified myself wrongly so as being, I'm only successful as a person if I'm successful in business. You know, but how often as as men, we do that, you know, I, I, yeah. I, it's not that I don't believe that women can, it's just that as men, we do that a lot. Sure. But how often do we do we see that? And And then what we thought life was, you know, I mean, from, from what I'm hearing you say, Neil, all of these constructs are your own. None of these of course, were yeah. somebody pushing you and saying, hey, you know yeah. what? If you don't give me a new Lamborghini station wagon, I'm leaving you. Right. right? Uh, and, and, and all of those things that these are self, these are self-created right. delusions. Are they feelings, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you're, you're oh, doing yeah. it because it's there. Right. All the stories we tell ourselves, the identity that we form as a, as an individual, right. You know, the identity we form and then the stories that, you know, we all see life 
through, uh, we all see life the same exact way. And then we run it through a filter. Right. 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 So now you're clinically depressed. You've got all the money in the world. You got the wife and the kids and the family's all happy, but you have not fixed you. Yeah. And what so, happened? Well, I, I had to do two things. First, I had to fix me mentally, which meant, uh, which meant deep diving, reading, getting out of this and identifying, constructing, you know, detaching myself from as a, as a person of success and a business person of success. One, one that goes, goes to work and, you know, clearly has a door that one just comes through, right? They are two totally, you know, we'd like to say they're totally separate things and ideally they need to be they blend. That's real hard. Real hard. Even even when yeah. you can identify this in yourself, it's real hard. Yeah. Yeah. Truly yeah. yin and yang there. Yeah. So and then yep. At one point there, you're now you you had plenty of money. Now you have, I mean, you had a sale. That's great. An exit's always good. But at some point that money runs out. Yeah. I mean, I had money. I I I again I I've lived fairly frugally over the course of many years. So I I just wasn't a big spender and always always made a fair bit of money, but I was at a point where you're going, I love to work. I mean, I love creating, love doing. It is like practically like breathing. So it was time to get back in. And I was like, all right, well, how do I get back in this time? Or how do I go back in and still find a balance for myself? Right. Yeah. So uh, I focused on, you know, essentially two things. The first on the, on the realtor side, the 80, 20 rule, right? 20% of your activities yield 80% of the results. So I went back through and figured out, all right, what is it that when I was doing it was doing produced my results, right? So ultimately, how can I cut my time, but, uh, you know, cut my time dramatically, but only cut my results partially. And right. so I focused on that. And then I stumbled into investing, which ultimately gave me a lot more time leverage, in comparison to the dollars I was achieving versus being a realtor. Right. And I went down that rabbit hole. So I want to back up and I want to hit on yeah. this. I don't know that a lot of people do, Neil, but here you are at this point in your career, yeah. sold, sounds like about 400 houses. Well, I probably sold a lot more than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand at that point, somewhere, somewhere in that range. Um, so you've sold a thousand homes. Roughly. And you're just now light bulb going on for investing. Yeah. Now I say that because as a realtor, the only reason I got my real estate license, obviously my mom yeah. was a real estate broker all the way back to the great depression. My grandfather was a real estate broker. My grandmother, my mother, you know, always came on my mom's side yeah. and my son is also. Uh, so we've got five generations of real estate, but it's amazing. And it's mind boggling to me how many realtors don't understand. So we talked about at the beginning yep. of the show, you know, how many people didn't understand just because they owned something or they had a second on their home or that, yep. this, or that they didn't understand investing. Then you had realtors that their whole job was to sell. I mean, to me, that's like going to the, going to the, the, you know, the Mercedes Benz dealer yep. and, and watching the, uh, watching the, the, the number one salesman climb it, climb into a Datsun 210. Right. Yep. And, and yet that was not what, it, it, that is that is a misnomer that most people think. Oh, you're you're a realtor. You know all about investing. So you yeah. had to learn. You had to learn. You're, there's no doubt about that. Well, think of you know my my job as a realtor. You know where where I made my where I made my money. The bread and butter was average home, first time home buyers. Maybe the second time home buyer just trading up market. You know coming 
you know, while 2006, seven, eight was red hot. Yeah. Right. And then on the backside of that, it looked, it looked totally different. Best year I ever had was 2010 right. when the government, when the government, when the market was not good and the government was giving a whole bunch of money away for first time home buyers. Cause you gave 10 grand away to a first time home buyer. And in Des Moines, Iowa, 10 grand was a lot of money for a first time yeah. home buyer. Yeah. Lots. Right. And so you're, you're absolutely right. Now I've always been a, a student. I've always, I've always read a lot. So I'd read around these things over a period of years and soak some things up and just put pieces in place. But it wasn't until I was, I was at a, you know, I would say a crisis, if you will, a, a spot where I had to, you know, create a new, a new version of a new lifestyle that I actually have to confront that and go, all right, now I actually have to put this in place. Yeah. And, you know, I, I bring that up because I, I know personally in our market, I know the, probably the top five agents. And I know that three of them only own their own home and a second home. I would believe the exact right. same through. Yeah, no, I know so, a whole bunch, same way. Yeah. So when you, when you look at that and I, and I say that for the benefit of our listeners that, you know, just because you're in, you're, you talk to somebody that's a realtor doesn't mean that they automatically know what investors want, what an investor might do because they may or may not. And likely they are not an investor. So here is another reiteration of Neil's change in mindset and learning a new skill because then you become an investor. That's right. Because your whole goal at this point, you've traded time for corporate dollars where you had, yeah, you didn't, they didn't take all your time, but they sure didn't leave you with enough money. Correct. And you found enough to get a way to get more than enough money, but they took all your time. Yep. And now you want to try and create a balance. Yep. Right. Yep. So in doing that, you go into the field of investing. Going to the field of investing, I start with fix and flip because that's uh, what that's what's that. on the television show, man. Well, those are the best, aren't they? I mean, you yeah. can just get absolutely worn out. <laughs> that's that's what's on the TV. That's what I saw, and I I know guys who do things around town, and I know how to I know how to buy, and I know yeah. how to sell. I know how to price these things on each end of the equation. Really, right. that it really you know I don't know how to fix anything. I don't know which end it hammers up. I, I, I always say, you know, if, if my wife ever does leave me, I'm taking half of her tools. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife knows when I pull out tools, she better call 911 because I'm going to yeah. need it in a minute. Yeah, I right? love that. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's kind of the high level is, you know, flips and the flips lead into single family rentals and then stumble my way into an an eight plex and a four plex. And then eventually one day, about four years ago, I get a call for a commercial property and I have that little, you know, we always tell ourselves these stories. And for me, it was a conversation in my head going, you know what, this, this industrial building, 17,000 square feet, um, largest grocer in town is the tenant. They've got a long-term lease on it. And I'm sitting here going, man, I don't, I don't know anything about commercial real estate. And I don't, it seems like it's for somebody else, somebody who's got more money, better connections, went to school for this, studied this. And so I have all these conversations in my head. And then again, I ask myself the same question. This is a question I often ask myself is doing what I'm doing. Could to get me where I want to go? And I'm going, uh, I want to live in a, on, on a passive level, as close to passive as I can get, right? Buying assets that I can put property management in place or triple net to where I can actually get to close to passive. And what I learned across the buying dozens and dozens of single family rentals is those things are anything but passive. Yeah. Those things might be the biggest 
thorn and headache that exists far more for me, far more than any other flip that we would ever experience. And I've done hundreds at this point. Um, so I pulled the trigger. I, I bought that deal, you know, closing the deal like 60 days into it. I'm like, you know what? I never hear from this tenant and I'm the property manager of this thing, triple net deal. Never yeah. hear from these people. I'm going, you know what? I'm onto something here. Yeah. And so now I'm, you know, fast forward four years, I'm seven. And we, we I think we currently hold seven assets. I've done about 17 million in transactions uh, in commercial yeah. specifically. And and I, I watched my dad, luckily I watched my dad do the iterations of single family and, you know, and my dad used to build industrial buildings yeah. and, you know, he went from single family to industrial. Uh, and then I watched him own a couple of them and I watched him retire at 50 with cash flow, you know, yeah. and I saw how, you know, we just had one of our tenants move out after 18 years. Um, they, so they paid for the building. Uh, we walked into the building. We hadn't been in the building in years, right? Walked into the building. They'd added a second floor of offices. They'd recarpeted. They'd repainted. They'd, they'd added another bathroom. And they never called us to say, hey, can you do this for us? Mm -hmm. They never called. They, they just did these things. And, and while you might be a little bit upset that they did that, at the same time, you're sitting here going, gosh, what in the world would that be like? You know, and the beauty of what you're talking about with triple net is not, in my opinion, those things. It's the fact that the triple net part means that when it snows, they pay for it. Yep. The property taxes go up, they pay for it. When the parking lot needs to be resurfaced, they pay for it. So what you're getting is what you're netting. When you're looking at it, it's a dollar a foot for rent, triple net. You're getting a dollar a foot. And then the triple net are the expenses that the tenant pays. So the beauty of that is just an amazing thing. And it's usually one of the last iterations that, that an investor makes, right? I mean, everybody seems to want to go down the path of, and, and most of it has to do with a function of, of, of money and or understanding, right? Correct. Yep. So you've got enough money to buy a house. I know when I started, I bought a house. I moved, you know, I, I, I moved into one. I built another one. I moved into it. I kept doing that until I had enough money to do an industrial building. And, you know, that industrial building I built in 2001, and I still have a business that's still in it from 2001. Yeah. They've been in there for 21 years and their the business is sold twice. But where else are you going to make 2000 square feet of gelato ice cream? Yep. You know, so when you get to that point, you really have figured out how to get your time freedom. Isn't that why we all got into real estate in the first place? I think we, we're, we're here for two reasons, money freedom and time freedom. And once you hit money freedom the correct way, time freedom comes with it. Yes. And, and I think what you did the first time is you hit money freedom yep. that just about slammed into the wall and cost you everything. Correct. So then when you rebuilt, you created it in a way that created the lifestyle that you wanted, that allowed you the freedom to do within what you wanted your time to be. And if there was something that needed to be done with your assets, either you or the current tenant will call and get it taken care of. Correct. Yeah. So I see where you've been able to do this and, and been able to create this. What do you think that is that really brought you that epiphany? 
I mean, you, you got the one deal. Is it, was it, was it just luck that you got the deal, you bought the deal, and then you realized eight months in that, holy smokes, this is the unintended consequence? Or did you actually read and research and, and do it intentionally? Yeah, good question. No, relative to buying the building, yes, I did read and research because I want to know if I'm if I'm buying a place for real money and putting stroking a real check, I got to know what I'm getting into. And so I did that, felt confident at that point, you know, and I'm, I'm going through and it took me a lot, a lot of effort. You know, the one thing I've never been short of is my ability to put forth effort, which is, you know, how I ended up in the, in a challenging situation personally from right. the get-go because right. effort, uh, effort I'm not short on. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah. I dig in, you know, part of that, part of the challenge when making that transition, and this is, this is part of what I help um, train folks on now is how to world get into this, into this industry, into commercial real estate, largely coming from a single family space is that, you know, you go online and you Google these things or you go in a forum, go into bigger pockets, a lot of good resources, but sooner or later, you're like dazed and confused and overwhelmed. Like, oh, which one of these 26 spreadsheets do I use? Right. right. It's yeah. just so much. You can and wind so, up with analysis paralysis for sure. For sure. You know? For sure. Uh, you wind up with the two people, right? You've got the guy that watched every good deal go by thinking, well, there's something wrong with it. It's too good of a deal or it's this or it's that. You've got the other guy that bought everything that went by with the inability to fix half of it. So he's got a problem. And yet somewhere in the middle, you've got to take the action. You've got to make it work. And in that, you kind of learn on the run. Yeah. Uh, and that is the benefit of real estate, right? Yeah. And we've had to get, you know, what has done on the backside of that, you know, knowing I did a ton of research, did all these things, made a sound decision, rewarded with the sound decision, found time freedom on the backside of this. I was like, oh, I'm onto something. Now, how do we hit the repeat button now? And then as I go through by the next one, again, learn as you go, put new system and new structures in place. And so ultimately I put system structure in place to build to, to add team members to what it is I'm doing. And then, you know, just last year, I launched my education side of things, my education business to share with, for others, largely for free. Um, what in the world, how do you even do this? How do you even get into this? And right. so that has helped build some additional structure and systems for the ability to train people. And then we happen to benefit from all these things internally, because as we're, as we're helping other people get really good sound questions, uh, it helps us, it helps us get sharper at what we do. Right. And you know, the reality is, is when you do that, and I think that's kind of the final thing that we see most investors do is they get to that place where I'm doing this. Why can't I show others how to do this? Right. Right. And I, I think that that's, that's really a healthy place to be and it's, and it's an admirable place to be, but it really, continues to hone you, continues to to educate you because somebody's going to come up with some goofy question, right? Correct. But at the end of the day, you've really come to a place where now you've you've learned, you've grown, you've learned, you've grown, and now you're giving back on that. And on top of that, you actually found the time, well, you have the time freedom. Yeah. You have the time freedom to write a book. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a book here um, in 2021, Unicorn Hunting, right? Uh, unicorn hunting is it do you have to get a permit for that like, <laughs> i love like, it yeah 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 for, uh, unicorn hunting for real estate investment companies ultimately it's the it's the uh, complete hiring funnel it's really exactly largely if you're sop driven at all about 80 percent of it is sop based how do we actually hire 
what I, you know, so maybe some people may call them a players. I call them unicorns. That's what we're looking yeah. for. Right. Well, and, and for my listeners, if you will send me an email at connect at shannonrobnet.com, either mention Neil or mention unicorn hunting, I will send you a copy of that book for free. So if you guys are listening this far and you want to copy that book for free, not to, I'm going to buy them from you, Neil. So don't worry. It's not like I'm stealing, I'm not stealing, stealing your customers, but if you want a book yeah. for free, send me an email at connect at shannonrobnet.com. And I will get that emailed out to you for just for being one of our listeners. Um, and that is really, you know, one of the things that most people lack. I know that when my dad was building his business, everything hinged off of him right? Everything. So there was no SOP. When he talk about SOP, you know, he didn't know how to build a system that was, that made him re replicatable yep. or replaceable. So at the end of the day, there was nobody that could call in sick because if he wasn't there, nothing was happening. Right? Correct. Yeah. So, the only, the, the ability to hire, in my opinion, uh, the ability to hire and hire correctly is more valuable. It's worth more money than the next building you buy. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nothing that can help your business or hurt your business worse than Correct. good or bad employees, you Correct. know? Um, and we've all had both. I think, I mean, I, I know I have. Um, well, I've, I got nightmare stories, which we're not going into today. No, no, it's an, it's, it's, hey, read the book. It's yeah. uh, it's in there and about ultimately what, what you know, why do I want to teach, train, and, um, you know, commercial real estate and share people on hiring? It's because this industry, the real estate industry, has given me so very much. The the people like you and the people I connect with all across the country and masterminds and various things I plug into. Um, it's because I've derived so much benefit personally and professionally from it. Uh, I feel an absolute responsibility to give back in any which way I can. Yeah. Hey, just just as if. Uh, so hopefully you guys love the book. I'll tell you what, the reason you should email Shannon, not past a free copy, you can go on Amazon and get it. $49.99. Why, why is it $49.99 on Amazon? Is because this book is worth tens of thousands of dollars. If you hiring wrong in the country, the day I wrote the book, a wrong hire on average cost, I'm rounding, $16,000 is the average cost of a wrong hire today with inflation from two years ago from when I wrote the book. It's certainly higher than that. And so- well, And I, uh, I would disagree yeah. with you on that. I would say that it's definitely, and and you know, uh, depending on the position, obviously, but I, yeah. I've never seen a hire only a wrong hire only cost me 16 grand. Yeah, no, exactly. You're you're absolutely right. You got you get, you get a wrong hire in a sales role. I'll tell you what, a sales role. Imagine a blown deal, the deal yeah. you didn't land. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's and that's really the truth of it. And and you know, here's the thing, uh, Neil. And this is what I I I look at. You know, my dad was a builder and a developer. My mom was a realtor, and I've been able to take what I learned from them and 10x that. Right. Yeah. I'm hoping my sons can 10x that, right? Yeah. Uh, but the reality is at the end of the day, what if you didn't need to have that legacy of parenting? You could just get the book that would help you hire the right people that put that together, right? I mean, there are reasons and there are ways to get around dealing with the issues that Neil and I paid thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn that we did them wrong. Right. You remember, we won't go into it too much, Neil, but remember that first day that that new hire started and you just had that euphoric feeling that, oh my gosh, my world is now going to be fine. Everything is going to be great. This whole project is going to turn around. This is going to be so much better versus the last day they were there in the, in the, in the, 
and the yuck that was leaving when you you had you were almost as euphoric when they left you mean 10 days later <laughs> well I've i mean had, you, I've had I've had, not make it to lunch yeah oh i've never had it that's fun i've never had that one we did, have, we did have one yeah we did have i've had a couple inside of 10 days i think just two yeah. um which is uh for us and you're right and to 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 your point yes i know those days yes and our goal and and it's in the book how do we get those people for you and me who are only going to last to lunch only going to last me a week how do we get those people to say no from the get-go because i don't even want them in the front door right. we just got to get them we just got to get get weed those people out and this whole book is about how do you generate literally for us, and we've done it multiple times. I've just did it again. Thousands of applications, and how do I sort from thousands of applications all the way down to absolute the cream of the crop? Right, and you know, you always see that. You always you you always see that there's there's got to be a better way to do that. You've always yeah. wondered how there's a better way. This is the book that's going to get you that right. Yeah. yeah. So so Neil, uh, you've had uh, I mean an amazing career. You're not done yet. Um, where is it that you're going in the next 12 months with your companies? Yeah. Uh, two places on our, I mean, I know the beach, but don't rub it in. Okay. No, <laughs> I, I tell you what I, I love, I still love working. It's just, I have to get control over it. You know, if I was, everybody has an, maybe I think everybody has an addiction of some nature, something you're just, you, you would do practically for free. You love it so much. Right. And some people that's, that, that is a whole bunch of bad things that have very tremendous, significant physical consequences. Right. For right. me, I love working. I, and, and what does that mean? It means being creative, thinking, creating, impacting others. I love my team. I love who I get to do this with. And so the ability to put them in, in spots, create opportunities for them that have not yet been created. Uh, I'm excited about that. We're yeah. going to buy, more commercial real estate. I'm excited about this year and really the coming, you know, say one to four years, one to five years. I, for me in my lifetime, I will, uh, I've yet to experience anything like this. I think we're going to come see what potentially reveal, you know, looked like the 19, early 1980s, mid 1980s. Yeah. I was when I was a little kid back then. And so, you know, I feel like we're in a position to be able to capitalize on what may be you know, kind of a once, twice, or three times in a lifetime opportunity, but to have the knowledge, um, the skill set, the resources, and then the connections to be able to execute. I'm excited about that. On our education side, I'm excited about making deeper impact, educating people, just like what you're doing. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of, of the work you do. Um, educating people, bringing people into this industry, trying to Trying to be the me I wish, trying to be the person I wish there was for me when yeah. I was, when I was three, four five years ago. Right. Well, and that's, and that's exactly where I come from. You know, I mean, we, we all went through 2008 and yeah. that came from greed and inexperience, mm -hmm. right? Greed mm -hmm. on the corporate banker side. Yeah. Thank God you're a reformed banker. Yeah. Uh, and, and inexperience and, and ignorance on the home buyer side. Correct. And we, we were, you know, everybody was getting these arm loans. And, and my whole goal is to, is to do what I can to educate people so that we can have a smarter investor. Cause if you build a better mousetrap, it's not that wall street's not going to come up with a different way to trick you or whatever, but if you understand how to evaluate deals, how to look at things, how to look at why you would want to buy a house, why you would want to buy a rental property, what real assets are all the things that Kiyosaki talks about in his yeah. book, 
all the different things that you see in investing and all the different strategies, if you've got the ability to make basic evaluations at the end of the day, you've got a better pool of investors, which if more people are doing the right thing, that means there's less people doing the wrong thing, which means mm. there's less likelihood of a collapse, which is really what we saw in 08. Correct. We just saw a total fall off the edge collapse, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I totally, I totally, uh, you know, feel that it, with you on the education piece that the education is to, is to build a smarter investor that knows that that is not the right thing to be doing so that they can make sure that they're in it to win it. And they're going to be doing the right things, scaling properly, hiring properly, borrowing properly, you know, doing those things that are going to give them really what they're after without the mistakes that come with the learning curves that you and I have, have encountered. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you, I, you, you, you hit it spot on the head that how to get to a, also how to get to a, fa a result faster. Yeah. Right. That's why my hair is long because I have been hit the head enough times. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and I've actually, I actually use the phrase, I actually have earned a dollar for every mistake I've ever made. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because that's how I made it happen right the second time second because time. I never I never got anything right the first time right yeah. uh but but now here we are and we are moving forward with education so what is it that that you're looking at when you look at your metrics about what is going to make a successful 2023 you've talked about your education piece yep. Do you have numbers behind that of where you want to go where we can I want to check in with you in year in a year and go man yeah. You had some really great vision on 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 the show the very in the very first of the year. What's that look like? Yeah, yeah, on the education side, just in your businesses. Oh uh, yeah, in the businesses. Well, you know, on the education side, we we launched that in July of last year, July twenty two, and and moving into this year, I've got a nice little cohort of people in my in my inner circle, if you will, um, who are who are well rowing in this in a very similar direction to what I'm on. I, I you know to say I want to. I think we could triple that this year compared to where we were last year. Um, and, and for, you know, for anybody who wants to check that out, it's commercialprofitpower.com. We oftentimes run free challenges to get people uh, up a learning curve real quick, totally free. Yeah. Um, so I think we triple that. And then on our, on our buying or on our, on our commercial investment side, it's to hold more assets. We we've held a handful of assets last year on the commercial side. We flipped a handful of commercial assets. We ended up getting leads or various deal flow from various uh, avenues from a marketing standpoint or partner standpoint, just didn't line up in our buy box, but they were good deals. So we yeah. take a good deal down, we move it on to somebody else, cash a pretty big paycheck, everybody high fives, pops champagne. And then I'm like, all right, cool. Well, that's good. But like but next, we, uh, this thing, we want more cash flow assets. Yeah. And so for us, I, I want to buy seven cash flow assets this year on our commercial side. It's a pretty aggressive goal. Yeah. Um, but we're, and you know, that means, we had to define it and then we had to change some things, meaning what are we going to buy? Well-defined. And that means what else are we not going to buy? And that, and so that means no activity should be paid attention, right? right? There's no marketing activity. We need to focus our time, energy, effort on this box. And as a result, I mean, if you focus on this box, what are we going to get? So my, my expectation is we're going to be buying this inside this box. You know, and it's funny because uh, I heard it this weekend, uh, and, and I've heard it quite often for everything you say yes to, you need to look at what you're saying no to. Correct. Because there is only so much of whatever it is you're saying yes to. 
Right. So if it's energy, if it's time, if it's dollars, all of those have have a reciprocal side to that. And it's very important to look at that. And I think that that's something that a lot of people fail to do this. So they wind up with, you know, a single family home, they wind up with a car wash, they wind up with, you know, uh, an industrial building, and, and, and then they can't figure out why the the nursing home or the or the residential assisted living that they're starting isn't being successful, right? Sure. Yeah. Because they don't have that box, they don't have that clear definition. And it's hard to find someone that can deal with all that, that can manage all that, that can underwrite that, that can pay attention to all those things, you Correct. know? So uh, that that's important too. And especially uh, when you're trying to grow, when you're trying to grow, you know, just to make sure that you're focused and that you're driven and that you're, that you're being single-minded in what it is you're going after Correct. that absolutely fits inside that box. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, for us, uh, I've got the benefit of, you know, I'm, I'm in an, I'm in a, privileged position and, and I've earned it candidly is to just like you, you're in your inner stripes along the way, been able to build a portfolio over a period of time, still have a fix and flip business. Although I'm largely not involved in that again, not a buy, right. It's in my backyard. I've been involved in all thousands of transactions now at this point in my backyard, yeah. not a buy, right. Not a sell, right. Not a manage that. Um, and the construction crew, one construction crew. So two years ago, we took it down from three to one, and we've done hundreds with one construction crew. So yeah. literally, we'll spend millions of dollars in construction with one crew, pretty much in a handshake, because everybody knows how everybody works. Yep. So it, it just got that thing in a pretty, again, got in a box to very narrowly define what it is that we do on that side of things, so that we can focus our effort on the you know the commercial assets we actually want to own, want to hold, want to make it generational, so that I can. Be in your shoes someday saying the same thing going, I hope my, my, my son, my children are still in high school. So we're not there yet. So to go, all right, it'd be, it'd be tremendous if they could 10 X what I've done. It'd be, yeah. it'd be wonderful. Right. Yeah. Well, Neil, I, I really want to say thank you for stopping by and being with us today. I mean, this has really been insightful and it's awesome to hear a fellow's journey where you come from, you know, the corporate banking world, you did the different iterations, you found your way I think, in my opinion, to the final step, and that's educating others and how they can do the same thing to avoid that total trading time for money that they can actually get that time freedom back and yeah. they can keep it in that box. So I really want to say thank you for swinging by and sharing that knowledge yeah. with us here at The Real Estate. It's right my now. privilege to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Shannon. So guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to The Real Estate Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to send me an email, connect at shannonrobnet.com. I'll send you a copy of that $50 book that Neil has written that shows you how to hire and scale your businesses with the right people, the right time, the first time. And as always, leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for joining the Real Estate Rundown. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Real Estate Rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnet.com and be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends and subscribe. Until the next episode.